Edmonton, what is up? March 26th, finally, I am coming through to Edmonton. It hasn't been this crunk since Gretzky was on the ice. Edmonton, Canada, March 26th, me giving the keynote, Q&A with you, the state of the union of entrepreneurship, marketing, and business. Information below, I hope to see you there. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What up, podcast? For today's episode, Gary sits down with Vayner Speaker's client, Dr. Mark Hyman. They talk about health, understanding the food groups, and what you need to shift your focus to. So make sure to check out his podcast, The Doctor's Pharmacy, and his new book, Food Fix, as well as hit us up and let us know what you thought, and I hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, uh, really excited about this conversation uh, with, especially, you're listening, we're, we're, fil- we're recording, filming this uh, prior, but... Uh, you are listening to this podcast as this book is coming out. Food Fix is out today. Please go to your local bookstores or amazon.com or however you roll. And the gentleman who wrote it is with us here today. So Mark, why don't you tell uh, the Vayner Nation who you are and uh, what you do and then why you wrote this book and then we're gonna we're gonna jam. You mean like who I am, the meaning it, of life, my existential yes, like yes, nature. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> First, let's tell everybody your name. Let's start I, with that. Okay, I'm Dr. Mark Hyman. I'm a physician. I uh, train in family medicine, but have been practicing functional medicine for 25 years, which is the science of health and how to find the root causes of what's wrong with people and get people better by dealing with those. Instead uh, of throwing medicine at it? It's not. It's actually That's the science of health. Is how do you create health? Traditional medicine is focused on diagnosing disease and treating it with a drug usually or surgery, yep. it's a pill for every yell. Yep. Functional medicine is about the science of creating health by understanding the imbalances in the system and what are the toxins, allergens, yep. the microbes, stress, poor diet that's driving imbalances right. and what are the things you need that you don't get, the right food, nutrients, right. balance of light, air, water, connection, yep. love, meaning, all that is, is really how we create health and it's yep. phenomenal for chronic disease. And uh, I'm also the head of strategy and innovation for the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine. I've written 12 New York Times bestsellers. I'm the host of the Doctor's Pharmacy podcast, which is a top 200 podcast. And, I, uh, and I'm really on a mission to help get the, to the end of, ne- of needless suffering through addressing chronic disease, through functional medicine, and fixing the food system. Because you know, I've, I've been sitting in my office for 30 years seeing patient after patient who's sick with chronic disease it's caused mostly by food, and it's like being in a boat that's sinking with a bucket trying to bail it, and I finally asked, why are we seeing so many people who are sick? It's food. And why do we have the food we have? It's the food system. And why do we have the food system? It's our food policies. And why do we have our food policies? It's the food industry's influence on policy. There's 187 lobbyists for every member of Congress. It's the number one lobby group by far, which is the food and ag industry. So that's really you know, how I've come to what I'm doing now, which is really focusing on food as medicine and food as the solution to so many of our global crises. You know, it's funny because I'm sitting with you. I'm gonna paint a picture for everybody who's listening. I'm sitting with you and over your shoulder is a wonderful uh, team member of mine, Sanan, who's worked with us for a while, who's he's doing his best to not have his head fully fall off his body because it's you know you're talking and it's been it's something that he's talked to me about personally without knowing exactly you know he's talked about his father in Turkey he's from Turkey he's a great kid and obviously uh, you're you're a big buyer of this and it's fun for me because when I talk about business I talk about don't fix the sick sink fix the well yes and so this is you know much like I invested in Facebook one second into seeing it, uh, when Sanan first came to me, he's like, hey, I wanna like really help you because I care about you and you're doing everything wrong and I want you to do this kind of, like, I'm fascinated by the 187 lobbyist to one. I'm fascinated by the old system of mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Governments, life. Yeah. Media, government, life how today with social media, everyone's blaming social media for our problems, yet what social media is doing is exposing our truths. That's true. And you're There's sitting- There's a dark and a light side. Yeah, the dark and light side because it's a mirror. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's really funny. You were literally just going through your uh, setup here. You know, I see Sanan in the corner. I'm thinking about, you know, we're in an election year. Uh, I My profile has risen so much that I get an uncanny amount of direct messages of like, I, I think I'm really passionate about insecurity and and like happiness. And 
I, I literally, just to, this is really fun, it's really exciting for me for you because if I'm hearing your narrative right, the amount of buyers of what you were putting down 25, 30 years ago. In <laughs> Not comparison, too many. <laughs> right, in comparison to today. Yeah. But more importantly, in comparison to today, the infrastructure of communication in an internet world, yeah. uh, which is the real actual it's counter huge. to 187 yeah. to huge. one. I'm just like literally sitting here starting to get goosebumps of like, oh, okay, this is really gonna be a big deal in 30 years because we're in halftime right now. Yeah. You're for, for you, this is you yeah, yeah. In, in your paradigm. Yeah. The last, you know, again, 30 years and, and so I said it and you laughed, you have very few buyers, you have a lot more buyers now Yeah. and the non-buyers are curious or financially vested interest to put their head in the sand or scared, I'm a scared guy. Like for example, I'm a really funny guy. Like I'm, <laughs> I, if I didn't have to go to doctor ever again in my life, in yeah. any shape or form, that would be best for me. And like I'd rather give up those 23 years of life than go to the doctor, that's how much I hate it. I'm being yeah. serious, I'm being very transparent. But you could also be the CEO of your own health and actually, oh, Listen, yeah. there's nothing you're gonna say that isn't wrong and I'm about to say everything that's wrong. Like I know that to be true because it's the other parallel of my life where I see it in reverse in other areas. So nonetheless, with all that set up from you and then my little rant here, yeah. let me take it in a little bit of a different direction because you have me excited. What's, what's, what's going on in this macro converse? Like, are you like, as a human, how old are you? How old do you think I am? You are, you said 25, 30 years. You're 53. 60. Beautiful. <laughs> are, where you are right now, are you pumped? Because you're like, something that like was so I 30 am years so ago excited. is clearly you know on why? its way. I'm so excited because the food industry is so, right? It's causing six out of 10 Americans to be sick. It's bankrupting our country. You know, one out of every two Medicare, uh, one out of every two dollars in our mandatory federal spending in five years will be for Medicare, which is mostly for chronic disease. Yeah. We're seeing climate change being affected by food. It's the number one cause of climate change. We're seeing poverty, social injustice, mental illness, academic challenges in kids, depression, even national security issues because kids are too too fat or unfit to fight. These are all in part caused by food. The food industry is the number one cause of climate change. So as I look at all these separate problems, I'm so excited because if food was the cause, it's also the, the cure, cure. 100%. And we have the power to change all that. I, I see this all the time in my practice where we take people who have heart failure, diabetes, early kidney failure, fatty liver, all these problems, and we can reverse it with food. But we can't do that with the current food system we have. It has to change. And So give and, me in a, in a, a Give me a please, really quick, quick example of why I'm so excited. In the last few days, Burger King launched an ad that showed a big whopper that went moldy over 34 days, and the punchline was there's no artificial preservatives. Now, it's still a Whopper, it's still not healthy for you, but the idea that, it's a that, better a, that a, than it was that a 10 fast food country, fast food company would- No, you said it right the first time. A fast, <laughs> fast food, food country, country yeah, keep going. A fast, food, a fast food country company would lead with, we're cleaning up our food because the consumers are driving the behavior. We're seeing Nestle's doing different things. We're seeing Kellogg saying no more glyphosate you're, in our cereal. We're seeing General Mills, no, we're gonna move a million acres into regenerative agriculture, which will bring back the soil and preserve preserve the land and actually help us prevent climate change. It's powerful when you see these companies This is a change. country of currency. This is an entrepreneurial capitalistic country. Yeah. And the reason I asked you the question, I appreciate your answer, and I was hoping it is because you must be pumped. It's similar to me. like. In 25 years, when entrepreneurs and business people think being happy and kind is better than having a boat and being a d I'll be happy. <laughs> and I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm actually projecting and here. And you know what makes people I, often what they're eating? Yes. Because it inflames their brain. Literally, the science is so clear that mental illness, even violence, in prisons, you give violent prisoners healthy food in prisons, the violent crime goes down by 56% and you give them a vitamin, it goes down by 80%. Let's make this fun and let me take this in a couple different places because you're gonna do plenty of other podcasts, you have your own, you're gonna be able to beat that drum. I wanna take this in a little bit of a different direction, meaning a, a, a framework that I wanna have this combo in. Talk to me about, this is rigid, give me five to seven bullets that needs to happen at the micro. Before we go into the systematic change that you're passionate about, because I heard you, you know, system, system, system. Yes. We'll go with, honestly, I'm gonna ask you because I'm curious. Yeah. That's more me. 
for everybody's listening, because I'm fascinated by this, give me seven to 12 hot takes, bullets of, of questions or statements that every single person that's listening right now should think about on a personal level that they can achieve. Because, you know, humans, when they hear 187 lobbyists to one, <laughs> immediately go into, I can't change it anyway. Yeah. This. That, so let's true. talk about accountability. Absolutely. Before we on the American government and back alley politics and all that, why don't we talk about accountability? Give me seven hot takes on they can do. Absolutely. Go. So so in Food Fix, my book, How to Save Our Health, Our Economy, Our Communities, and Our Planet One Bite at a Time, it's, it's called Food Fix. It's not called Food Apocalypse because it's focused on what we can do and what you can do. And yes, we need the political change, but on a personal level, yes. you can focus your diet to become more aspirational towards being a regenitarian. Now, what the is that? that what is that i like that that sounds like a <laughs> it's wall. very cool that. there's a whole different framework so regenerative agriculture is a way of growing food that grows higher quality food that builds a soil with organic matter that draws carbon out of the atmosphere literally most of the carbon a third of the carbon that's in the atmosphere today came from the destruction of our soil we can put it back in the soil it's better that's than rainforest so it'll help us it'll conserve water we're losing uh, you know, water scarcity is a huge thing around the world and we're seeing floods and droughts. That can be solved by fixing the soil through these methods. It actually can reduce the use of pesticides, fertilizers, and, and all these harmful things. It's better for the animals because they're grazing around. It increases biodiversity. Our pollinators are dying. 75% are lost. Uh, uh, bees and, and butterflies. That can be rebuilt through regenerative agriculture. So if you seek out foods from farms that are using these methods, and you can do it at your local farmer's market. You can join a community support of agriculture in your community. You can go online and find regenerative meat, for example, from places like Mariposa Ranch, where you can get a pound of meat for an average of eight bucks a pound, which per serving is probably about the same or less than a McDonald's hamburger. Um, and you can start to look for sources. And you can't be perfect, and nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect, but being aspirational Where are you pushes. most imperfect currently? Where am I? What's your favorite thing to uh, be imperfect about? I think this I, is powerful. I, this I is think powerful. I'm most imperfect about how much I work. I, I, need, I need to really, yes. but I, the reason I work so hard What about be, what you put in your body food-wise? Give me like a Twizzler, give me something to get Never, the, never, I, I really a Twizzler want, never okay, happens. Uh, give me something, what does, but, what but does let's be happen. vulnerable here. Let's what does really, happen, this what does happen to do be is better. ice cream. I have a week, a couple of times a year, I'll, I'll dig in ice and cream. And let me ask you a question. When you eat ice cream, lo- are you like doing it at home? Because you're like, if I'm outside and oh somebody God. takes I a have photo. To tell you, I have to tell you the funniest story. So, Give it to me. So I was at a medical conference at Harvard and Tufts. And yes. you know, the dean of the Tufts School of Nutrition, yes. the former CEO of Whole Foods, yes. uh, one of the leading sort of scientists in food as medicine was there. Yeah, it's like uh, and a it was legit just like, thing. And we, the, and we were, we, the, the five of us, like we're like buddies. And we're like, all right, we're going to sneak out from this conference and we're going to go get gelato. And I'm sitting there on the corner <laughs> eating gelato. <laughs> and this woman comes up. She says, Dr. Hyman. I'm like, oh, I'm busted. <laughs> I'm busted. <laughs> but, you know. It's powerful to talk about that, though. I think sure. most people break that. De- you know, it's funny. I uh, eat real food. Where I, where I don't eat, I don't eat industrial food. So, in other words, if it's some product that was made in a factory that's an industrial food that's not real food, I generally won't eat it. But I will eat sweets sometimes. I'll have, you yep. know, a cake or I'll have... A chocolate, or I have ice cream. So you have enough of a sweet tooth that that's yeah. the battle, right? Yeah, but I, but I, it's I'm pretty. When the thing is, when you regulate your biology, you don't really want that stuff anymore. You you yeah. crave like vegetables, and it sounds crazy, but yes, you can crave vegetables. I love that. I, that's always been an easy one for me. So so those are those are some simple fixes, and then you can help end food waste. Food waste is crazy. We waste a pound of food for every person every day in this country. It's forty percent of our food, and globally, it's forty percent. It's the the food that would need to be grown on a landmass the size of China. It's over two trillion dollars of waste, and that's not the worst part. How does one do that? So the worst part, so I'll I tell you, the yeah, worst please. part is we throw our scraps and our food, the waste, into landfills. We throw it into landfills mm-hmm. where it creates methane. It's twenty five mm-hmm. times more potent to greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. And it's so sort of, what can it's Zach a do? Huge contributor to climate change. So it's what the, can Zach do? So what Zach can do Looks is nice and tan. he can if he lives in the city, he can get a little in apartment composter where you throw your food scraps and it turns it into this incredible hummus soil that you can give to your local farmers market. I'm sure the farmers will take it. How do we get and people you have, to not hear that's annoying it, you know, we Doctor, have actually like, honestly, like, I'm moving into like, a new apartment building and there's a composting thing. So in, in San Francisco, it's mandatory. You get a fine if you don't compost. In France, it's mandatory. You go to jail or you get a fine if you don't compost. In Massachusetts. Jail sounds good. Yeah, jail's good. You know? No, honestly, and, we need to get into like jail. I, I like, don't we, know. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> think about this. I'll tell you why I'm jumping on that. Yeah, I've been yeah. thinking a lot about 
I think we need more dictate. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's true. We need I mean, more dictatorship. I think a, a lot of what America at this maturity of an empire is caught with, why we're so extreme in left and right, is like there needs to be thoughtful jailing. Yeah, well, you know, in in in, uh, in America, like, the, for example, F- recycling, the FDA. We're supposed to recycle too. Yes. Many people do not. Yes, they don't. And because nothing works when there's no ramifications. But, Let know, me promise you something right now. If everybody got a ticket, like a DM, all of a sudden with like a bill that like you had to pay like a parking ticket because it was easy to see that you didn't recycle in your building, yeah. I have a funny feeling people would quickly. Oh, sure. The reason nobody cares about privacy, you know how my tech world, like yeah, in yeah. society now we talk about privacy is because nobody's money is getting taken away forever. So that's why you keep throwing around your information. There's yeah. no actual re- ramifications. Con- well, consequences. No consequences. Well, there, there are, they're just more invisible, right? Yes. Our free will is being usurped by targeted digital but is strategies. It, but yeah. is it? Because well, look I what happened have, last election. You know, yeah, we, we had no, no, no. Let's talk about that. Like you're, you, you, they didn't, you didn't pull it. Like you, like when you watch CNBC, when you watch CNN or Fox, you're making that choice. Like you're making it's true. choice. It's true. But, but there's a lot thing. of stealth stuff going on. I mean, there's three billion data points that these a lot of these companies that are selling and purchasing it and selling it to digital marketers, yes, which is fine to sell you shoes, but it's different when it's trying to persuade you to join a rally. To persuade, but it's not trying to persuade you. Let's explain. If you're going in a feed and somebody knows that it has data around what you've been doing and it presents something to you. You know that. Right, but if you but if your digital feed is, for example, like what Cambridge Analytica did, which is digital targeted political marketing that you target your personality weaknesses, that makes uh, you do things based on your fear, and they know exactly how to manipulate you based on your personality profiles, and you think you're acting out of free will. That's the part I have a problem with, and the food industry. But, then, is, but real quick on that, yeah, one could argue that that's about every single thing that happens. Period. I mean, then you have a major problem with the insurance business, right? Completely, the whole thing. Because that's completely they, based fear. on fear. It's true, but but you it, must also hate parenting. All global, <laughs> you must be the biggest descendant of parenting. Period. Because the entire structure is ninety percent fear based. Uh, well, I don't think that's a good way to raise your kids. Is terrifying. Nor <laughs> do I. But but I think what's really interesting is I think instead of going into this portal that we're not in control, what we need to have a bigger conversation about is accountability. Yes, we can't because for if sure. you're if you're selling food fix, yes then you better really also in equal parallel understand that targeting, like we're talking about one in the same game, right? In the fact of like, the unlock to all this actually is starting to get into an ecosystem where we do feel in control. Yeah, absolutely. But some people, it's hard. If you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm working in Cleveland, and I talked to this young woman who lived in East Cleveland, a very poor area. Uh, there were no grocery stores anywhere near her. Her mother saw her, you know, her, her aunt and her yeah. uncle get their limbs amputated from diabetes. She had, to, she wanted to feed her kids healthy food. She had to take two buses an that. hour each way just to buy vegetables. I respect that. I mean, that's the challenge. And and they're all they have around their neighborhood is, is processed food and soda. Uh, they're specifically targeted by the food industry. It's really insidious. You know what's how really interesting it. about that? You know where my head just went on that for a fruitful conversation? It's so interesting it, that we talk about how businesses are being incentivized to follow consumer behavior. Like my brain, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. When I heard that, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna, I wanna open a fresh market there. Like this is a really interesting conversation about like the right balance of policy versus entrepreneurship and it all leads to just education. It's just macro awareness. Like what I'm so passionate about of what you're doing, yeah. both in your pocket, this like what we're doing right now, it's just awareness, right? Like I'm yeah. even weirded out. Like it's crazy how like placebo or like awareness, like I'm like feeling weird to even drink this coffee. You can drink I'm, your like, coffee. I'm, no, no, but, no but, <laughs> but actually I'm saying it in a good way. Like yeah. I get the feedback from a lot of people like I'm listening to you over and over and I'm actually now not enjoying negative people around me and I'm yeah. like, that's what I need to do for myself around yeah. my week. Like, if I just kept listening to you, I would, like, that's what that's real life, actually. Yeah. Right. Like, to me, it's like, how do we get things to actually happen? I, actually happen. And I actually think that we need to... How do we to, get people to change their behavior? I think good intent people like you and I think a lot about making something good happen. Right? Yeah. It's just yeah. like in us. It's just our DNA, the luck of the DNA draw. Yeah. We want it. It feels good. Yeah. The admiration, the legacy, like... It's the behavior that Absolutely. we run it, right? Yeah. I understand yeah, yeah. it. I have my own slight version of it in a different place. I think we think a lot about systematic scale, right? We spend time well, thinking about systems yes. and I'm listening to you. Yeah, yeah. Like if she doesn't have access, like I get it. Ironically, what I'm proposing for debate and conversation is what if 
Because we've watched that happen for the last 70, 80 years, that American conversation around systematic. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if we also really start thinking about on an individual basis level too. We have to. I mean, we it's, it's, it's individual, but it's also structural, right? If, it, uh, for if sure. 60% of the calories in America are ultra-processed food that kill 11 million people a year, it's because a government is funding the growth of those crops, corn, soy, but and wheat that are turning into processed food. But instead of fighting 187 versus one, if we started disproportionately well, over-focusing on it, by the way, that's what I agree. That, and that, Burger King gave about that Whopper until the customer started caring. That's what I'm saying. Well, That's why I'm excited because I think the individuals making change in their Period. life and having that voice drives businesses Agreed. to change their products and change their behavior. Businesses are so moldable. They don't give a they just want to do what the customer wants. Well, that's right. And that's why it's so empowering in this book because people actually can do a lot of things that drive the marketplace, that drive what food companies are doing, that drive their own health to be better and their own communities and their own family What's to be better. What's an underrated, terrible thing all of us are doing? Like something kind of unusual. Like you're in this world. Like give me like a, oh, you think this is decent, but we're getting, like what's a thematic that you're, like for example, I'm very undereducated in this, but like all the new like bars <laughs> okay, that let's, seem healthy let's talk that about are worse burger. than Let's a talk snicker. about plants. Please. Plant-based meats. Good. There we go. Because that's no, a big see, that's one. That's a good one. That I'm excited. Uh, I knew I'm this was like, a good question. This is a great I'm question. Fired up. Okay. Get so, Get so we all want to do a good thing. Yeah. yeah. We we hear that the go. cows are the yep. equivalent of the atom bomb, destroying the planet with their methane burps go. and yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole factory farming, which is true, yes. and that should be banned. Yep. Get and the alternative is plant-based meats, Impossible Burger, Beyond Meat. Yes. And they're both are a little little different, but you know we think we're doing a good thing. But when you so for example dissect Impossible Burger. One, it's GMO soy. So it's grown in a way that destructs. Hold on, I apologize for your rant and everyone's gonna make fun of me and be mad at me. But Dust, when you just shook your head on that, you know this to be true or you just think he, what no. he's saying is interesting? Yes. I know um, Impossible Burger isn't the same as Beyond. Like, yeah, Beyond Meat, right. As far as like the ingredients. Yeah, they're both highly processed foods. So so you're, you're down on those two well, things. Well, let, let me explain why. No, no by the way, I, I, I know you're going to, and I'm going to allow you to, even though I like to interrupt. You are a <laughs> I fit, haven't you're, noticed that. You're, 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 you're down. You're down on those two things. I, I, I am down on uh, industrial processed food. Which and, those two and are. those two are. And, and I yeah, think I'm the Beyond Meat, the beyond here, meat is a little bit better because be it's, it's pea protein, and it's a little bit different than the GMO soy. But the GMO soy is grown in a way that's destructive to the environment, that destroys the soil, that puts glyphosate, which is extremely toxic, causes cancer and destroys your microbiome into the food. And it has 47 novel proteins that have never been tested in humans. It's, it's, it's got a strange form of I know yeast. nothing, but I hear 47 never tested on humans. I'm already like, that's And I'm like, and they're promoting it as a health food. If you want to not eat meat and you want to try it once in a while, fine. It's not going to kill you. But if you make it a staple, there's 110 times the amount of glyphosate in an Impossible Burger than would be required to destroy the microbiome of animals. And glyphosate back, back is roundup. Back to a common so, man. Go ahead. You had a, so, so it's Roundup, which stuff. is basically a weed killer that you got in your burger. And that and that has real harmful effects. And it does reduce the amount of uh, climate change contribution compared to a factory farm burger. But if you look at regenerative <laughs> burgers, which is cows that are grass finished and grown in certain ways that restore the land, restore everything. A regeneratively raised burger based on a life cycle analysis of both of those would reduce carbon by three and a half kilos of carbon per burger versus the Impossible Burger adds three and a half kilos. So you'd have so, to eat one meat burger to offset the plant-based burger so in terms of carbon emissions. What is it? Regenerally raised burger. Which, yeah, which is basically grass-fed, but grown in a way that actually restores the soil, restores the And you earlier mentioned that the cost of that product is not very no, you, you can get it much cheaper. Yes, there, now it's it's not as prevalent. It can be scaled. In fact, the UN said that if we do this type of agriculture and we take two million of the five million degraded hectares of land around the world and turn it into regenerative agriculture, which would cost $300 billion, which is less than we spend in Medicare on diabetes every year. And basically military spend on the entire world for 60 days that we could stop climate change for 20 years just mm -hmm. simply by doing uh, that form of agriculture. So we, we if we buy those things, we're going to be pushing. And that's why Nestle who's is- sto Who's stopping the growth of regenerative? Like who's, who's Nobody is growing like crazy. Uh, Nestle, and Danone, so, right. General Mills, they're all pushing this. Do you believe this is just a matter of time? Or oh, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. This is this is going to happen. There's so and many- And so you care on an individual basis, right? Like you're, you care for the, the, the ones like me at 44. It's like, hey, the six-year-olds are gonna benefit from this because it's gonna be the thing. Wake up, you can get some real benefits from it if you get on board. I mean, we have six 
60 harvests left of food, according to the UN, because of the way we're destroying the soil. Like we've lost most of our topsoil. It's a huge contributor to climate change. It can all be fixed by choosing to buy foods and driving the marketplace with your choices towards regenerative agriculture. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I've been listening to you communicate. One thing, I, <laughs> one thing that I find really fascinating, and I like it. Podcast, what's good? Do you eat food? That is a very simple question I have for you. Do you eat food? Now, if that food happens to be gourmet stuff, like delicious olive oils or cookies or that kind of random then you need to go to yummytex.com. Yummy, Y-U-M-M-Y, tex.com. Gourmet foods at ridiculous discounts, just like wine tex, but for olive oils, pastas, hot sauces, mustards, and other exotic candies and such, yummytex.com, the best place to buy gourmet food at ridiculously low prices. Do you feel like, I I think about this a lot, do you feel like you're excited because there's a lot of things that are people are thinking about and if you can use the human on the other side that's listening right now, if yeah. she or he is excited about climate change, that you can use that as the gateway for them to It can be climate be change, it can be their like, own, it can be all like their throwing, own health, it can be caring about social justice, it can be caring about our economy. You don't give a you just want them to be better. I want people to understand the situation we're in and take action and realize how powerful they are to make a difference, but also Period. how they need to use their their fork and vote with their fork, they need to vote with their voice, they need to vote with their wallet, and they need to vote with their vote. And I think people are apathetic, but we have so much power. Like you said, Burger King doesn't give about taking the out of their food, but they care because the consumer cares. They they, they should, like people, like like when I say they shouldn't, they should, but like you're, you're asking people to do things that you wouldn't do. Like people care about their kid more than somebody else's kid. It's real life, it's human. Another point, when you were talking, because when you don't want to do you're looking for excuses, so yeah. that's good. I don't want to eat, like I, actually, I don't mind. I'm actually, I like like good food, like healthy food, so I'm a little bit lucky. I just need to be disciplined. I'm just like a picker and get ridiculous sometimes. Let me ask you a question. One of the things that I get fascinated by is when you were talking, I was like, ooh, there it is. And what you said was like, look, if you want it a couple of times, it's not gonna kill you, which we love to hear, right? We're like, yeah. saying, the doctor, <laughs> I can eat this. Occasionally, and what is a lot of times, and like once a week, once a month, once a year? Yeah. Talk to me about something we should consistently eat. The reverse. What is a great thing that you can never eat too much of? Go. Well, is there such a thing, or does uh, every human have to be broken down and based I mean, on your own you, DNA? If you ate twenty pounds of broccoli, you'd probably get sick, and your colon would stop up. I mean, it's all twenty pounds of one shot or twenty. Yeah, one pounds shot. Of, okay. <laughs> no, because listen, I can eat a lot of I mean, broccoli. Listen, I'm like some, about some, broccoli. Somebody can have a big gulp in one shot, right? That's seven hundred fifty calories. You want to eat seven hundred fifty calories of broccoli? It's twenty one cups of broccoli. Good luck with that, right? Could, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take this clip. It's like no and make hot a dog viral, eating contest. Make a, a broccoli viral eating <laughs> a broccoli eating contest. <laughs> I want to have a broccoli eating contest. Is there is our fruits our vegetables just like yeah? A un, that's unlimited. I say you get unlimited refills. You can eat all the vegetables you want until you can't eat anymore, and you'll never get into trouble. God, I really like that. I really like vegetables a lot. Yeah. It's powerful. That's what I, I had is for lunch. Is fruit I, a little bit different because of the amount of sugar? Yeah, fruit. You, yeah. you don't want to have unlimited amounts of fruit. Uh, I mean, unless you're an athlete. What's the and really best active. unlimited fruit? Is there uh, such berries? a thing? Berries. Berries are good because they're low in sugar. They're high in phytochemicals. They're super nutritionally dense. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we're, we're in this moment in time where we have so many crises. There's so many silos and there's so many problems and people feel disempowered. You know, there's climate change and there's chronic disease and there's the economic issues and the social justice issues and all these problems, the environmental issues, and all of them are linked by food. And that's where we have so much leverage that we can actually use to change the system, both on our own lives, in our families, in our kitchens, in our communities, but also acting, acting politically. Why do you think that gay marriage is now legal? Why do you think there's civil rights and women's rights? Why did abolition happen? Preaching. Be- because people cared about it. it wasn't something that started in Congress and nev- ended in Congress. Never starts in Congress. Right. It never They're starts. on defense. So, that's right. So self-serving. They, exactly. As, by the way, as they should. Humans. Yeah. Humans don't bother me with their like. So I understand. I mean, humans you know, don't bother. Like, they, I, I love that. humans. I mean, I understand it. <laughs> yeah. I, like I think our biggest weakness. Forget before you get to food, get a relationship with judgment, which will actually lead you to understand food. Yes. Our relationship with judgment. Like yeah. I don't. A lot of politicians aren't capable of doing anything else. Yeah. They're career politicians. And if they get voted out, they're 
scared. Yeah. Like, I understand that's logical. No yeah. different than every other person listening well, right now. Well, we have to make it in their self-interest by having the voter and their constituents that's based on us. speak out. That's and based do, on yes, us. Yes, 100%. I mean, you know there's, many, a, there's a you know great... Many, you know how many 18 to 24-year-olds have no, are never talking, voted? Never voted? Do you know how many of them are not going to vote right now that tweet every day political stuff? Yeah. Do you know in November how devastated it's terrible. anybody that gives a shit about kids voting yeah. are going to be? The kids' turnout is going to be non-existent. Yeah, we need to change that. I mean, that, I mean, just we have the right to vote, which is a rare thing in the world. I mean, 50- by the way, that sentence isn't doing. <laughs> We've been doing that for forty years. Oh, I know. No, doctor, I think this is really the point here because I'm like sitting here and being very selfish. I'm like, how am I going to use use talking and Sinan in the corner of my eye right now as a catalyst for me to get disproportionately better? I've gotten better. I can get a lot better. He's talking to me about like the <laughs> I sleep in and. Airplanes and like, and I'm like, I believe. Him. By the way, he sits here and I'm like, he's right. Without knowing anything, he walks <laughs> out. I'm going to my next meeting. I know. I'm like, he's a hundred percent. I know it because he's looking and I'm not looking. It's like anything else. But we have to. Individuals like you and I who are lucky enough to amass audiences have to have more thoughtful debates about things like. I promise you one thing: more than I know that the sun will come up tomorrow. Telling 18-year-olds that they are lucky for the right to vote is a 70-year no, no, non- I agree. That, so let's stop. Let's start punching them in the face. But they care about their future. Else. They care about climate change. They care they, about- They care about the, it on Twitter, but they don't want to go and register. We need to have this conversation. Like, we, I, do you think I want to die? I surely don't. And I'd like to be dramatically more educated about you're talking about because I'm fundamentally convinced sitting in this room that you could extend my life by seven and a half years if no I more. If respect. Yeah. So like we need to get, when are we eventually gonna actually figure this out and understand how this really works which is you have to do the other, th- We are what we're trying to do for the last 50 years is not working when we go into guilt. Hey kids, Feel guilty. There's countries. I was born in the Soviet no, Union. Right. Eat everything on your plate. You're starving kids was, in China. I no, born, I get it. I was born in the Soviet Union. Hmm. Very easy for me to connect to my incredible luxury of being able to vote. And I have. I hmm. have. But like, I do many other things that I should be doing that I don't. I think the question that we need to start talking about, both in food, and we've got a little more macro here, is what is the new, off, what's our off speed pitch? Because what we've separated into is two camps that. No question, if we mix the two, there's a lot of good in it. Yeah. And there's a lot of bad in both. And like, what's the new age way to like, like you've been doing this for 35 years. The consumer is starting to get you optimistic. It never was gonna come from the systematic change. Good news, 187 to one is about to be 213 to one. And you know it and I know it. So how are we gonna hack it? I, I actually am working on that. I have an elite group of Washington insiders who helped Bono launch the one campaign, which got 87 billions in appropriations for AIDS in Africa, where most lawmakers didn't give a crap about that. And they did it through being Washington insiders and knowing in a Machiavellian way how to manipulate lawmakers. I hate to say that, but they know what they need. They know what's in their constituency. They know mm-hmm. what they're gonna vote for. They know what they're not gonna vote for. They know what their mm-hmm. their pain points are. They know what their issues are excited about. And so it's literally a very deliberate strategy. It's a nonprofit and but it's, that, an, and it's that, an advocate. So I started a lobby group because yep. I was sick and tired of like having only the good guys be sitting around talking on the outside and not on the inside. In fact, I was with the guy who was the head of the Obama administration's food policy, uh, Sam Cass, and he said, Mark, what was striking to me was every day people would come in from the lobby groups and they would have these briefing books with 50 different regulations and legislative acts already written and all the justification and they would give it to the lawmakers and they, would know, they wouldn't be having time to figure it all out so they would kind of follow along with it. And he said, and the whole time we were there, there wasn't one good guy who came in and said, you know, we want to improve the food system and do this, an advocacy group for the good guys. So that's what we're doing. And I, and I'm, I'm, so you I gotta know, play within the system. You, you have to do both. You have to drive a grassroots effort, which we're doing through a nonprofit, the Food Fix campaign, and we're doing it through Food Fix Action. And, you know, it's a fool's errand maybe. I'm no, Don no, Quixote, listen, you know, I, uh, shouting I, at windmills, I, I, but I, I can't not help it because I see the massive nature of the problem. I see my kids' future threatened. I see the threat, the threat that's like, an, I feel like I'm on the beach and there's a tsunami coming. Everybody's getting a suntan. I'm like, hey, wake up, everybody. You know, we got to get on this. Why do you think that it's so hard for people to believe those macro doomsday things like once it's hard it's hard because it's not it doesn't feel real like you Correct. look out it feels good actually the you know nice. where i just went yeah 
if somebody's listening can do this for me, can somebody pull up the articles that clearly must have been in the newspaper? I'm trying to think back when this, I need to understand the Black Plague more. I bring it up a lot. I'd like to understand what the articles were. The only comp I can think of that I've had conversations about this was Hitler, right? Yeah. I've talked to people old enough who or who've studied enough who can really like physically show me the articles written of like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's gonna be okay. And then it did it. Like I think what people yeah. need is a black and white example. But, but me, I but please. I have hope because the you know, during World War Two uh, this country came together to fight a common enemy. It was sort of like the. That's uh, what we're great at. It's yeah, but it, but it did it in a very interesting way. You know, all the Americans had to turn their lights out yep. at dark. Yep. All the Americans had to ration mm-hmm. food. All the Americans had to have victory gardens. Forty percent of the food produced in America was from victory gardens. The Americans gave so much in terms of sacrifice and reduction in their material benefits mm-hmm. uh, and their efforts and their money help save the world and they did it because they saw this common threat and enemy we don't see that today. let's st- stick here for a second though they also saw that their son was going to france yes we have to figure out how to make this selfish this noble nobody turned off their light they turned off their lights because john went to war yeah and they were scared that their son was going to die yeah like we have to as a as a good guys we have to figure out how to make this selfish yeah because this selfless act is going to play out on Twitter and everyone's going to look at everybody else and not vote. Well, you know, like, like I mean, I mean, 90% listen. of my audience is under 30 and 80% of them are not registered to vote right now. Straight talk. Yeah. Well, get get on it, guys. <laughs> but get on it, you, doctor. I don't care. I've got, I've got $13,000 in debt. Like, How many guys in this room are registered oh, to vote? Let's go honest here. There we go. I appreciate the Yeah. You got, yeah, right, uh, like you, I love you. I love oh. you for not raising your hand. And by the way, no judgment. This is back to judgment. I have no judgment. I have no ju- zero. I think we have to us saying to them, "Get on it." Well, uh, listen, Gary, it's your job. You're a digital marketing brother, expert. <laughs> you, you'll appreciate this. It's what I'm doing right now yeah. in the micro. What I'm doing right now is actually what I'm ta- asking for all of us to debate more. Yeah. Me making this conversation about this yeah. is the punchline, which is like. I know that guilt doesn't work. No, no. Fear does. Fear works, right. Fear works, and I also know that information, what I love about you, and I've admired from afar, and why, listen, you, 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 you're, you're at Vayner Speaker, we, we looked at a million names. Yeah. I like people who populate information. Like, I like that you're a human media company. Yeah. I like that you do a book. I do books, I'm yeah. a digital guy. Yeah. I like that you do podcasts. Where, where, I'm, where I'm conversating with you, because I respect you, is, even though you call me to f- <laughs> When I say I'm talking about them on the other I side because they do it to I me know, all the time. I'm just teasing. No, I know you are. But Mark, listen, I read a hundred comments of you, Gary. Yeah. Like you talk about people. Like I'd, I'd love to cry in my Bentley. I don't have money. I'm like, because you don't know what crying in a Bentley looks like. Right. Like you, you have to change your perspective. Yeah. I spend my time trying to figure out the off-speed pitch. The people I admire the most, you included, that are out there, are throwing fastballs, yeah, and I'm trying to figure out how to slow, slow ball. Add to the repertoire because yeah. what I know is that we're talking down, and it's not adding in results. But you know, I, I, does I that go, make sense? Yeah, for sure. And, and so I'm of, like, I'm trying to use this moment, like through our two energies, yeah. to maybe populate something in my thought, hear you, listen yeah. for you. Like, what's our off-speed pitch? It, to, it, you know, because we need it because. We, you know what's gonna happen. Well, like everybody, everybody knows people in their family and their life who are sick, who are sick from food, and who get it, and who are suffering. And that's where the pain is for most people, whether it's mental illness. I mean, uh, two days ago, one of my uh, wife's good friends just committed suicide. I'm sorry to hear that. And, and you know, these, you know, we see, for example, in, in studies that kids who can switch from junk food to healthy food, who are teenagers, reduce suicide by 100%, and suicide is the third leading cause of death in teenagers, kids, yeah. so so like we know there's so much suffering out there, and if people got the connection between food the food and, and all these that. issues, right. it's a big Can, deal. Why know, are we having so much conflict and divisiveness? Because it fucks up our brains and our ability to actually have the adults in the room. Yeah. Our reptile brain is the reactive, impulsive, fighting, aggressive brain that is not getting moderated by the adult in the room when there's a diet that's causing inflammation in the brain. This is a scientific fact. I believe you. So so this, this on so many levels is are important. Are you, because of all this, I'm listening to you, are you more concerned about the impossibles and the, and the 
bar, candy, the bar no, that looked like, no, no but look, are, stick with yeah. me for a second. It's not that we're picking on them. Let me ask it, let me ask it a different way. The trend of the last decade where foods are positioned to look healthy but are just as unhealthy as, like I would argue listening to you, I'm like, oh wow, he must be more upset at a kind bar than a Snickers bar because the brand, of, and I'm not, I don't, let's not just use those two. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the, there's a very clear movement. You know, I decided to start losing, I, I'm, I got very, my first move was exercise and un, at least understand calories. That, it was that basic six years yeah. ago for me and now I'm evolving. And, and what was fun through that journey is like, oh, these are tricky. They look super healthy, but right, those are the not. same numbers I see on yeah. the stuff that's the right. we're supposed to be. Right. That to me is actually a very interesting current state of the market where I think there's a lot of people listening right now that feel pretty decent about their choices. Yeah, and I mean, you can a, go to Whole Foods and get a lot of junk. I mean, correct. It's, just, it's got less preservatives, less toxic it's ingredients. It's nicer. It looks it's like you're book cover yeah. but actually on but, the but data it can be full of sugar and starch and things that really make people not great i mean there's it's certainly better than what you're eating in you know a traditional grocery store but it's not it's not necessarily a health food yeah no that's where this is getting interesting yeah. what in the old world like what is i love history it's the one great like when you when you or maybe you haven't done this when your contemporaries or other people you respect what have we learned about those European years where we didn't have as much of this kind of food, where it was more market and the bazaar, like what's that data? Like what, The where, data is so please. clear. I mean, people who eat traditional diets live a lot longer. They feel better. There's less obesity. A traditional diet, to, explain that. I mean, it didn't come from a factory. It came from a farm. <laughs> it's pretty simple. People ate real food grown in real soil. I mean, if you eat broccoli today, it's got 50% less nutrients than it did 50 years ago in 1970 when I was 10 years old because of how we grow the food and the depletion of the soil. So we, we period. We, period. So I, I would and say. So where, where can I buy broccoli that is as good as the 10 year old you got? You can go to your local farmer's market and maybe find someone who's got an organic regenerative farm that's actually in rich soil because the soil is what makes the food healthy. It's what makes it taste good. I mean, and, I was just having dinner with a friend who just got back from Rwanda and said the soil was amazing. You know, 80% of the people are farmers. They're subsistence farmers. The flavors, the juices, the, the colors were so amazing because it was actually food that was not industrial food, which is what most of us eat in the world now. For everybody who's listening, not watching, um, just a fun fact. When he asked me how old did you think I was, there was a really smart reason he asked that. I went even a little bit high because I knew what he was trying to do. If, if you're somebody, let me give the three people that might go with this. He looks phenomenal. And so maybe one of the, you know, a lot of you are vain and like, if you don't like all the other stuff, like yeah, you don't yeah. about the environment or life or anything else, and you just want to look better for longer, there's that. Well, there's true? that. I, yeah, true. I mean, I, I, you know, I want to look to be 120. My friend, uh, David Asprey wants to live to 180. I'm not sure about that yet. We'll see. But but I did my you biological. You want to go to 120 at least. My biological age, uh, I'm 60, is 39. Is that true? Yes. I checked my telomeres. My biological age is 39. Did all this good eating give you really pretty eyes too, or is that was just luck? I think I was born yeah, with. There's some nice looking eyes. I like them. <laughs> I only what, know in my other... helter skelter nature of, and I use it to try to find different insights. Because listen, for everybody who's mad at me for cutting off the great Dr. Mark Hyman, good news, he does 800. <laughs> other podcasts and they all have the same structure and you can go listen to that in my great <laughs> like hope to find fine. different angles to great yeah. insights what didn't we touch on that you'd like to hit on before we get out of here oh gosh i just i just want people to understand that um you know it, it's sort of like whether you mentioned nazi germany um you know imagine imagine a holocaust of people dying every year and we're just not paying attention everybody's freaked out about coronavirus right well, I want, you know, a few, right. I, mean, I love you for this. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, like 11 million people here. I think that's conservative. Um, and we're asleep. It's like we, we're like the Jews in Nazi Germany. Yep. When they marched into Poland, or where my ancestors pit. were shot to death in their home and in concentration camps. We're like that. And we, we don't believe that this is happening. We're sort of in this dark space of visibility. And I, I just hope that people wake up to understand that they have power to change this, that this is not a joke, this is not a dress rehearsal, that our our own personal interests are at stake, our ability to thrive and have healthy lives and our families to be healthy and not have you know, them yeah. ridden by chronic disease. And the, and the planet, I hate to say it, but we live in this 
thing and there's, you know, if you look from space, there's no planet. borders anywhere. Yep. I mean, I, I literally was sitting with a guy two days ago on a couch who was the Minister of Tourism for Tahiti and he said they are aggressively strategizing, building and designing floating cities because in a few years, their entire countries are gonna be underwater. Yep. Like, this is real, guys. And Miami. Miami's got octopus Miami. in the parking lots. Miami. Yeah, Miami. So, well, you know, which I'm weirdly happy about because the dolphins, you know, <laughs> and and when Miami goes underwater, that should be two automatic jet wins. So if the NFL's listening, not to <laughs> too much light on a serious conversation, but yeah. that'll be good. I'm happy about that. I'll t- I want to be two and zero. Yeah, that might have Miami. to be the you know. <laughs> no, but really, I mean, it's funny, yeah. like right? Because again, the reason I bring that up is a a little bit for the Jets joke for my fans, and really, when I say my fans, I mean me. I just wanted to make that joke for myself. <laughs> but B, much more importantly, like. You know, we're very insular. A whole yeah. lot of people listening don't have passports or have never been. Like, you don't need Tahiti. It's called Miami. Yeah. You been to Miami? Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, and that's that's where I'm going a little bit with John yeah. going to war. Yeah. The thing that is very clear to me, historically, yeah. is how do we make this selfish? Yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and what's interesting is your subject should not be as hard as other things. No. This one's pretty blatant. No, like, uh, do you yeah. want to live longer? That seems selfish, but for some reason it's not connecting to the level that I think it should as somebody who's actually living that. So I'm like, mm. well, I think the understanding, I mean, in medicine, there's very, medicine. there's very little understanding that food is the biggest cause it. of these chronic diseases and it's the cure. And I think most people don't hear from their doctors. They don't realize, oh, I have diabetes. I have heart failure. I have autoimmune yeah. diseases. Yeah. I have chronic digestive yeah. issues. I have headaches and migraines and yeah. this and that yeah. and the other thing. And they think, oh, this is just what I got. No, it's guaranteed most of it is caused by our Diet. So don't eat, like, for all the basic guys and gals like me to wrap up, don't eat things from factories. Yeah. If That's it was, like a good one. If it was made in a plant, don't eat it. If it was grown in a plant, you can eat it. That's your little, you have that, do you have that hoodie? Do you have a hoodie that says no, that? No, that's from that's Michael Pollan. That's good. That's a good one. So that's or it. Or I, huh? I have another simple one. If you believe in God or nature, if you don't believe in God, Ask yourself a question whenever you're going to eat something. Did God make this or did man make this? Did God right. make a Twinkie? No. Did he make an avocado? Yeah. But so you just told just, me an avocado potentially is so much. So there's like a. Why is it not? Oh, well. well you no. told me the broccoli's way worse uh, yes. than 1959. Yes, it's true. So like, I wanna, we need I to get be, back to a better food system that, to grow better food. But, that's but it's, still better than a, it's still better than Twinkie. Fair enough. But like, <laughs> like, I'm lucky enough to live in New York City. And back to your story of like two buses, that's hard. But the far majority of people listening right now have options. So for us that do have options, how do we need to think about the thing? I'm like, yeah, God made that banana, but that's a. But like, let me tell you when I actually first started paying attention. I'm like, out of nowhere, a decade ago, I'm like, I don't remember blueberries being this big. Yeah. Like when Barry Bonds and McGuire started hitting homers, uh-huh. I'm like, you know, these blueberries are big as Yeah. And I'm they like, must they be taking steroids. 100%. <laughs> so what about that? Talk to me about that within the broccoli and the blueberries that look like well, you know, most of, uh, of our crops are gone. We we had literally hundreds and hundreds of species of plants. We had hundreds of apples, of varieties of apples. Uh, now there's basically three plants that we eat, corn, wheat, and soy, that's 60% of our calories. And there's about 12 plants that make up the rest of our diet. And most of those are grown in ways that are for shelf-stable or for transport or for, you know, size and not for flavor and not for nutrition and not for, for actually health. Uh, and I think that's why we're seeing this sort of our depleted diet. And when you go to a foreign country, you go to their markets and you see stuff yeah. you never saw. You see yeah, foods see. that look so strange. Yeah. You see incredible flavors. I mean, even like the fingerling potato- potatoes, David Boulay, who's a chef here yep. in New York, brought them from Peru. People are like, what is this? But it turned out to be so much more nutritious, so much more flavorful. You know where this is going, right? War. Like I hear you talking right now, I'm like, I hope this doesn't happen during my watch, but like, if this is how it's gonna be, this is gonna be a resource war game, and we're gonna be like, you know, this is just what happens. Yeah. No different than gold, and like, this is just well, what's the, gonna happen. I mean, honestly, the, 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 no, I mean the, the, the you're like, right, you're right. I mean, we have no, you have no idea no. how bad it is because the way we're growing food is destroying our ability to grow food. Why? Because it causes climate change, it, it degrades the soil, and it. so the food insecurity issues are gonna be huge. And then the climate refugees, the, the, the Syrian refugee crisis yep. was a million yep. Syrian refugees. Yep. We're talking, according to the UN, 
200 million to a billion climate refugees within a few years. Like, what are we going to do with all those people? That's going to create political instability. Yep. That's going to cause war. That's going to cause violence. I mean, they're coming over here. I mean, it, we, we've got to figure final, this out. Final point. If people are buying what you're putting down, is this, I'm a simple man, is this like, hey, get a little more educated on how you can eat from farms or things that they, like. Wh- yeah, there's really something. So on, on, at foodfixbook.com, there's a downloadable action guide. Okay. All the 20 actions you can take to make a difference for yourself and your food system. Love and it. if you want to get politically involved, how to do that, what to advocate yep. for. If you, if you want to go in your schools yep. and get your schools eating healthier food, yep. how to do that. If you want to go to your local community, uh, you know, civil, city council and say, you know, we want a composting ordinance in our town. There's simple things you can do as individuals that make a huge difference. And we're seeing it. I mean, when I uh, saw that Burger it. King I, it, ad, I was like, yes, you know, what about we are winning. Fasting, well, that's a whole other topic, but. but give I, me your 12 se- seconds Okay, so. You into that or not? Yes, yes, so. Do you fast? I do. So, How often? Uh, well, I, I do maybe an actual whole day fast, maybe once a month. Okay. But I usually do what we call time-restricted eating, which is within an eight-hour window. Okay. So I'll sort of eat dinner, finish by seven. You can eat by 11 the next day. It's not that hard. No. And what that does is it's an, activates all the repair and healing mechanisms in your body that slow aging, that lose belly fat, that build muscle, that increase your cognitive function, that build bone density, that reduce inflammation, that activate your antioxidant systems. So it's a powerful tool that is not about changing what you eat, but changing when you eat. So the 11.30 p.m. hardcore big dinner and the 6 a.m. donut Bad, bad news. Bad bad. news. Okay. Don't, Don't eat three hours before bed and make sure you you know you give yourself a, I mean, why do they call it breakfast? Break fast. But if we all eat all night long, then even wake up, we're not doing that. Our you bodies mean breakfast in, is the best meal of the day or you think that was good. You can propaganda. do your time restricted eating yeah. anytime. You can Thank do you. it from six so in the morning until two in the afternoon. That just made my <laughs> day. You can do whatever you want. Doctor, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people, you know, it's so funny. People that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness, uh, I'm going to have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So Dean, take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thanks, Gary. Today's reviews, Can't Get Enough, and Gary V is Reparenting the Millennial Generation, written by Studio 3.6 and Meg Carroll say, Gary, I'm pretty sure you saved my life. I am addicted to this podcast. I listen every day more than once a day. If you need motivation, you need to listen to everything Gary puts out. And secondly, most honest and empowering podcast out there. If you feel like you haven't fulfilled your potential and are frustrated as F, this is the podcast you've been looking for. Thank you both so much for writing in. And remember, keep leaving reviews because yours could be next.